Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off the Zeppo and Bad Girls. We'd like to welcome a guest host this week. He is one of the hosts of Haiti Remember and my spouse. (laughs) In order of importance. (laughs) You may remember him from my wedding and... (laughs) And the sequel, My Honeymoon. <laughs> the- oh, if you complete the trilogy, Uh-oh. it ends on a real downer of a note. <laughs> uh, but then the Ewoks do a little dance, so it's okay. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> well, good news. <laughs> Not for me, but... <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for coming back. My pleasure. <laughs> Happy to have you. So we have a very appropriate question this week from Mm -hmm. one of our listeners and i like that it happened to coincide with having chris on the show so Allie from new york this week asked what is is Allie? Allie, this is Allie. yeah what's up Allie? (laughs) (laughs) uh ali is actually my friend from college this is the one that introduced me to all the other buffy fans on the very Mm -hmm. first day of school so the main buffy friend Mm -hmm. if you will even if you won't, will I? <laughs> no choice. Okay. <laughs> Allie asks, "What is your favorite overall Buffy the Vampire Slayer season?" So I, I like that she asked this question on the week that we have Chris on because I know he really, really likes season three. Yeah. So I have been dying to get you know to come back on on the show as soon as you guys hit season three, and you know it's just it is not worked yeah. out time mm-hmm. hasn't permitted it so it it sucks that it had to it, it took this long i'm really excited to talk about these two episodes so that part of it worked out but yeah mm-hmm. season three is probably my overall favorite season with season two being a very close second right uh i feel like this is a big i told you so moment maybe for you <laughs> up until this point chris and i would often disagree about this mm-hmm. and i can like remember walking down the street with me going no it is season two i don't know how you can say it's anything but season two huh. and i and i still love season two and i love the angelus storyline but rewatching it this time i'm realizing no season three is my favorite oh, it cool. really is and for the exact reasons that you and i have talked about in the past that you know, season two has this great Angela storyline, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of stinkers. Ooh, yeah. They're still kind of learning their way. Yeah. Season three overall, it has some like less than great episodes, mm-hmm. but overall, almost every single one is golden. Yeah. Like I can pick any episode out of the season and be like, that's great. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it helps. And actually, I don't think it'll be too much of a surprise. My my best season was season three as well. I think it's just because consistency. It's the most yes. consistent season. It's like it starts strong. It ends fantastically. Mm-hmm. One of the top two uh, finales of the series, I think. It, it, arguably the best, you could say. And yeah, and really no huge stinkers. There are like ones that don't work, but there's no some assembly required yeah. or... Um, What's the robot one? I'm blanking on it because it's so bad. I robot you, Jane. I robot you, Jane. Yeah. It's like, there's none of that here. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is borderline offensive uh, when you rewatch it. Yeah. But it, it's not. But at least, like, it's 
it's interesting in how it's kind of offensive. It's watchable. It's not just like bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as big a fan of Graduation Day. I Just because nothing in my mind will ever live up to becoming. Mm. Ever. Ever. Well, oh, I think I mentioned the last time I was on your show that I I really like season six and that a lot of mm-hmm. people don't. Yeah. But, so that's another season I would I would love to to come back. Yeah, for I don't get point. I don't get the season six hate because again, yeah. like tone wise, you Buffy's always been dramatic and had horror aspects, but it's always been mm-hmm. campy. And the great thing about the trio is you get to bring that back. Yeah, yeah it's it's great because they can have a very different villain that that serves a lot of the the story functions that a lot of the characters used to before they had. A lot of a lot more baggage put on to right. them, which is really nice. And I feel like it kind of succeeds where season five doesn't, where it tries to take certain risks and try different things out that pay off. Whereas mm-hmm. in season five, a lot of them just don't. Mm. Now let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on the Zeppo. Okay, so I'm not sure if you guys watch this on, on Netflix. I hope we're about to say the, the same thing. The best previously on yes, ever. Yes, that's my very first note is previously on in quotes. That's so funny. He did it to you too. Yes. <laughs> so the previously on, usually you have like previously on Buffy. It's a bunch of different clips. All it is is previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Kara's Eulin saying, you're fired. And then the episode <laughs> I thought it was doing that thing where, like, Netflix, if you've watched a show long enough, it goes like, oh, you don't want to sit through the credits again. And so it'll just take you to where the show starts. I thought it, I got, like, the a snippet of, you know, previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because then I turned around and the show, it was just the show. And I was like, I mean, technically, this all happened a very long time ago. <laughs> but what? I thought, I was, yeah, I was so confused at first. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Have you guys made up your own lyrics to the Buffy theme? No, please tell me you didn't want to hear them. Oh, oh, me either. Oh, <laughs> That's such a stupid thing to do. Please. I did. It's not good. <laughs> That's even better. Good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh fuck. Okay. Um, I'm so happy I can't right look now. at you. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Buffy is a teenager. <laughs> Also a vampire slayer. The Scoobies are a gang who help Buffy slay. Oh, Buffy, 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 Buffy the vampire. Buffy, 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 Buffy the vampire. I'm done. I regret that. <laughs> I love Eddie Buffy. That is the word also. Also. P.S. By the way, have I mentioned <laughs> Buffy, 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 Buffy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what was that movie about the presidents that had my um, fellow Americans? Yes, every time now that I hear um, "Hail to the Chief," "Hail to the Chief," the Chief, so we should hail. <laughs> I don't even remember that. That's what that's from. I do that too. <laughs> wow, that's that's deep back in there. Um, <laughs> That reminds me of one of my favorite lyrics in a song ever. Uh, and again, like this, we have not even touched the episode yet. Um, uh, but there's this this old song, uh, like a one hit wonder, "Sweet City Woman," mm. and it's uh, like uh, by this Canadian band. So I'm assuming they're French Canadian because some of the lyrics are in French. 
most of the lyrics are just like, I'm going to see this woman, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, but then there's this weird breakdown where it just goes, bon, c'est bon, 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 c'est bon, 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 c'est bon, 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 which sounds sweet in French. But I just imagining if they hadn't done that in French, it would just be the most awkward song because it's like, good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, 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 good. Oh, God. Which would be appropriate lyrics for the Buffy song. It's good, 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 good. Good, good. Buffy, Buffy, she's good. Uh, so Willow has cast uh, a fog spell to confuse some blue demon ladies, uh, which allows Buffy and Faith to get the drop on them. I love that we don't see Xander at all. We're not. Yeah. We're. I mean, like he's. I'm not wondering where he is. He's just mm-hmm. not there until the very end, where right. he crawls out of the garbage. Oh. I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> right from the get go, I think this episode has some of the best lines Xander has ever said in the mm-hmm. entire series yeah. like mm-hmm. i forgot the name of it dan weber i think is the writer of this episode yeah. I, I mean it's just his he gets xander's voice mm-hmm. so completely like this is i just i his he's got so many classic lines in this episode so buffy and giles both encourage xander to hang back in future fights uh i like xander's jimmy olsen impression it's cute although it's so weird I, I can't believe it's actually supplanted in my mind. My first thought was, how is he making a Breaking Bad reference when he said Mr. White? I was like, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is way before that. Mr. White would have automatically been the association with Superman. Right. At school the next morning, uh, some jocks won't let Xander play in any reindeer games. <laughs> Doug. I just made note of his name. We're never going to see him again. It's okay. Doug finally tosses Xander the Spoilers. ball. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Only for him to miss it and knock over Timothy Oliphant's snack. It's <laughs> not Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant. <laughs> but doesn't it look like him? Yeah, it's 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 the it's diet Timothy Oliphant. His so the actor's name I know that it's such a unique name. It's Channon Rowe, and oh, yeah. he I, every time I see him, the first thing I think of is he's one of Mike Dexter's friends and can't hardly wait. Oh, and. Uh, Oh my gosh, what else is he in? He's in this really terrible movie that I think I'm the only person who remembers called Girl with Dominique Swain and Sean Patrick Flannery. And he's one of the characters in that. Yeah, so I just made that up. I mean, it sounds familiar, but at the same time, Girl is a common name or common word. So um, (laughs) they didn't didn't think very hard when they were trying to come up with a title for for that movie. Stuff, (laughs) things happening. (laughs) What's his character's name? Penis McAsshole? Uh, in, in this episode yeah, some, no it's um something o'keefe jack 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 o'toole o'toole guys i was pretty close that's <laughs> <laughs> true i mean tool jack o'toole yeah <laughs> <laughs> masturbating oh, o'reilly given what we learn about this character later yeah why is he eating lunch I or have a even lot of at questions. School. That's yeah. just it. It's why the whole Twilight here? thing of yeah. like, why are you going to school? Yeah, immortal. Like, you, I, I mean, mean, maybe it's just where he's picking up chicks. That's what he's actually really dedicated Robert to learning. Pattinson he's like, there. I may be dead, but I really want this degree. It's important to me. Oh sure. Well, I think his actions later would counteract that. <laughs> you know what's funny, and I this is not an actual criticism. I understand why this happens with the reality of how television shows are are produced. But it's always funny when you get to an episode like this, and here is a character. We have never seen before. Mm-hmm. We're never going to see again. But they have this reputation. They're yeah. notorious with all the other students yeah. in school. That's always that's always funny. <laughs> My old army buddy. <laughs> uh, so Jack is going to cut off Xander's face. 
<laughs> well, he spilled his soda. Uh, <laughs> tit totally, for tat. Totally appropriate response. Cordelia witnesses this humiliation and just has to really rub it in. <laughs> Oof. So, okay, I had to remind myself where this episode ranks, like, or like the order of the episodes, mm-hmm. because at first I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> oh, right. This is hot on the heels yeah. of and Xander and Willow. Yeah. And Okay, okay. And yeah. Harem was dying. Yeah. yeah. So she's still still quite bitter. But it doesn't explain why she's dressed like a middle-aged woman in the scene. I was she's so... Like a, she looks like the principal. And doesn't she, she does. She like, looks so old. Well-dressed, but like dressed like somebody in their forms. And the way her posture, the way she's yeah. standing, and it's kind of the same both times we're in this yeah. courtyard area. And so I remember yeah. thinking like, wait, did I forget some twist where it turns out this is a demon that's fucking with him? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who at the end, the Cordelia disguise comes off? Yeah, it's so weird. Like, she looks like older in those two scenes than she does now like it's yeah. it's weird how they like their they makeup like a and, and hair like, what are you doing? And, and wardrobe just yeah yeah age her up for no apparent reason i also it's funny to the first thing i thought when she drops the because she's the reason this is how the episode gets its name is she says yeah. you're the zeppo of the group mm-hmm. and it was like the idea that cordelia knows that reference has always felt so i yeah. i really tried to google this Mark Zeppo is this what is that what they're she's referring to Zeppo Marks Zeppo Marks Marks <laughs> Mark Zeppo <laughs> founder of Facebook it's <laughs> <laughs> <is> so close <laughs> yes Mark Zeppo uh, of the Zeppo brothers I am never living that down classic, classic comedy team <laughs> uh, Groucho, so, Groucho Zeppo. <laughs> so I'm clearly unfamiliar with uh, the Marx Brothers. Well, he so he's regarded because he was like the straight man. He mm. never had any of the fun stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. So he's sort of he's not the most well loved of mm. of that group. Okay, like, arguably the most expendable member. Mm-hmm. Okay, like he's not on the posters. What's interesting is that when I tried to Google this, a lot of like Urban Dictionary and stuff attributed to Buffy. Yeah, it's all Buffy stuff now. Yeah, Yeah. Joss Whedon coined it. Well, I mean, as like a verb of like you are the Zeppo, right? Is 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 I think from this more or less like maybe it's something that he heard somebody say to somebody. But yeah, but it's it's based off of something else. That is weird. That it just the etymology of where that's like it's not that you, you can look it up. Like, yeah, that's I why I was think... like, "Is it Zeppo Marx?" I'm, I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, is. it didn't it come up is. in a lot of stuff together. Huh. I'm just, I'm gonna, in my brain, I'm gonna make peace with this by saying that when her and Xander were together, oh, he that, forced her to watch a bunch of Marx Brothers. That is actually oh, really that makes, believable. Yeah. yeah, I could see him just like in the basement, like, "No, we're gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch my favorite five Three Stooges episodes. <laughs> Three of them are Shemp. I know it's weird, but I really like Shemp." <laughs> and then this, oh, so it's an extra dig when she calls him. The Zeppo, if she's using something oh. that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's now... That's my head cannon. Got it. That's <laughs> done. Um, I, I mean, Cordy obviously brings up um, kind of the heart of this episode, the fact that it's so hard to be this normal teenage kid when you're surrounded by us, you know, a couple of slayers and a werewolf mm-hmm. and a witch and a genius watcher, and mm-hmm. you're just this guy. Yeah. Um, that's always getting beat up. But I, I mean, I feel like this a lot. We're like, I feel like if you are the type of person where, mm-hmm. you know, I feel a lot of my friends are really smart and really talented and really successful. And you start to feel like, oh, well, I'm just the schmuck. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, thinking back to high school, if you were one of the kids who was just 
there. Like you weren't yeah. an athlete. Mm-hmm. You weren't mm-hmm. one of the really smart kids. There was no honor roll or any of that in, you know, going on. I mean, you were just kind of there that this is super, super relatable. Yeah. And then later on the added aspect of feeling unappreciated, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, or just like that's, and that's something that that carries through like all throughout your life. That's obviously not exclusive to high school, but that's something that you, you know, you can still grasp onto is be, mm-hmm. everybody has felt that way at some point and any type of like job situation, especially, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so at lunch, Xander tries to get Oz to help him identify what makes someone cool, which of course is the least cool thing you can. Do. <laughs> this is the moment I think of when I think of Oz as a character, I think <laughs> of this scene. Yeah. Am I? You're, you're cool. Am I? Is it because you don't talk a lot? Could be. (laughs) (laughs) And then Xander, so he asks him, I love the the part about, you know, does, is it, is it hard to play guitar? You know, cause maybe that's the answer. It's like, not the way I play guitar. (laughs) But then also, but then Xander has a line about playing the flugelhorn. Yeah. And getting zero trim. (laughs) And that reminded me of like the expression zero trim reminded me of, uh, some people I I used to be friends with, you know, like 10, 12 years ago. And uh, one of these guys I was friends with was introducing me to his friend who was a bartender. And as he was introducing this guy to, to this group of friends, he was like, man, this guy, this fucking guy, I'll tell you right now, he, pur- he pulls more wool than anyone I know. <laughs> and I never heard that. And I had to take a second to be like, pulls more. Oh, oh. He's very deceiving. He could pull the wool over your eyes very quickly. Oh. That's what it is? Okay. Yep. Or he grew sure. up on a farm. So, <laughs> I mean, just statistically... He has pulled more wool than you can take sweaters off of hangers very quickly. (laughs) Just pulling that wool. It's a good skill. So later in the library, Giles warns Buffy that those blue demon chicks are actually a sign of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Again, they intend to open the Hellmouth, the one that's directly below them in the Mm -hmm. library. So Oz locks himself in the bookcage. Full moon's coming. He's a werewolf. (laughs) <laughs> in case you guys hadn't caught that yet i know they're pretty subtle hinting at it throughout the, the uh, series if you had never watched an episode before you might mistake it for a giant howler monkey <laughs> or just a fat baby puppy <laughs> why is the tail so long i know so we like, have tails but, but it's like long and floppy yeah. like it's it's like a vestigial tail that humans have <laughs> Is it, did we decide, is this Seth Green in a costume? Because this is a short werewolf. He is shorter than Willow. <laughs> He's not really that threatening. He does not look that threatening. This is actually the size of a German Shepherd, Aww. which fine. But a German Shepherd has sharper teeth. It's a little, little terrier of a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Cute little werewolf. <laughs> Xander surprises Buffy and Willow after school with his new vintage car. Oh, yeah. I. You know what I like about this scene is the idea of trying to figure out what your thing is going to be. Yes. Because this, yeah. for Xander, this is the answer. Everyone's got to have a thing. And I I mean, that's high school. Yeah. And, and the fact that, like, what it made me think of is, I'm sure we all have a list of different things that we try, that you, mm-hmm. you give it a go and you go, not me. I can tell you right now, I'm not an eyeliner guy, but I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just all, all kinds of stupid shit like that. And it's it's crazy that that is the age where you put such a premium on... You know, the worst thing it can be called is a poser. Oh. As if we all just woke up and knew who we were. That, yeah. Like that, that, and I get it. I get you can like sniff out mm-hmm. inauthenticity. Yeah. And yeah. that that's, it's bad. But like, but the idea that we discourage people, like you, you feel shamed for trying to figure out yeah. who you are and where you fit and what feels mm-hmm. right. 
Well, yeah. it's, it's it reminds me a lot of like the whole weird thing about a lot of nerd culture backlash where it's like oh you're not a real nerd like oh yeah. hot girls can't be into nerdy stuff like and it's just like why do you not want more friends to like the thing that you yeah. like oh were you aware of doctor who before it came back with uh eccleston like well like, i what if i wasn't yeah but th- were you there since 1963 were you like oh it's really a bummer about kennedy getting shot i better watch this <laughs> new british show there's a i mean it's crazy that you know people can get so intense about their fandom that Mm-hmm. It does start to feel like there's almost they almost have an adversarial relationship with mm-hmm. the thing yeah. they claim to love. Where it's yeah. like, do you actually like this thing anymore? Because yeah. is it just hate watching at this point, or like in in the idea of being some sort of gatekeeper? Yeah, over something where it's like I don't it was that. new to you at one point too. Yeah, like, yeah. this is relax. <laughs> this is how we all discover things. And not only that, like it is such a great experience, I think, to introduce a newbie to something that you love mm-hmm. and watch them see it for the first time. That is so yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the best way to rewatch stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they'll bring up things that you never thought about and then you get more enjoyment out of it. Exactly. There was a point in junior high where it felt like you, I couldn't do a fucking thing right. Where it was like, yeah. if I wore... A, a band t-shirt like you know for like a group yeah. I like, like a nine inch nails t-shirt yeah. then it was like then all the skater guys that i'd pass in the hallway would be like fucking poser mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god what, am i supposed to bring the cd with me to show yeah. you that i yeah. oh, i don't and understand like a series of ticket stubs? yeah like, what, what like, do you, you, you buy the you buy a pair of boots fucking poser how is that i need possible? to cover my feet i actually have feet Sorry. i promise this isn't <laughs> oh. I remember that being a big thing like okay you have like the mainstream CD but do you have that CD that demo or something that mm-hmm. nobody has yeah. if so then you're not legs? really a fan and I you know what I think it is is that it's like and it, it ties into what we're saying in terms of trying to figure out what your identity is and that if you don't have a particularly strong sense of it it is easy to take things from pop culture and then that becomes your identity. You know, you're per- you graft your personality onto that thing. And so you feel a degree of ownership over it that can start to border on unhealthy if, yeah. if there's nothing else going on. That it's like, you can't also like this thing I like because this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if, I, if, it, if this isn't me, then what is it? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's dangerous, though. Yeah. Zero trim. Zero trim. <laughs> 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 that's how we reset at the end of every conversation now zero trim and continue <laughs> so here we're already seeing the difference in terms of like level of drama between the xander scenes and the non-xander mm-hmm. scenes between buffy oh, and giles talking in the mm-hmm. library and then him in the car already there's a difference in music mm-hmm. you're noticing we're going from melodrama to look at my car <laughs> you know what's so i know that watching it this time I did feel that I wished that they had left the Buffy and Giles, like that story, the stuff that would traditionally be the A storyline. Right. I almost wish it were even more on the peripheral oh, yeah. than yeah. it is. I kind of wish we had started from Xander's point of view right away and mm-hmm. stuck with him for the most part mm-hmm. instead of like all of the, the cross cutting. This isn't a huge criticism. Yeah. It's just personal preference. I wish they had really committed to, to this. Like it almost, it reminds mm-hmm. me of the episode of, of community where, Abed is not in the episode, yeah. but yeah. he's in the background, and there's a whole storyline going on that ends mm-hmm. with him delivering some woman's baby. Yeah. And like, I, not that far on, yeah. the, on the peripheral, but just a little more Xander and even mm-hmm. a little less. Like, seeing these things as he stumbles into the room, and like, and so the scene is already half over, not like 
just yeah. cutting to complete scenes and then cutting back to Xander. That's how I remember this bait. Me yeah. too. Yeah. I, and like this time I, I definitely was definitely. like, oh, there is a lot more of Buffy than I remember there being. What I love about it though is like in terms is what you said about it being melodramatic is I love that the show can poke fun at itself mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. way. And I, and especially the Buffy angel scene that Xander yes. Is like it, because it's like how many of those scenes have we sat exactly. through at this yeah, point? Yeah. And it, it re, it's almost like a reminder for you as a fan, mm-hmm. like if you're sitting in you know in in your apartment watching Buffy and you're really into it, but maybe your roommate or one of your friends isn't, and they come walking into the room at one of yeah. these Buffy angel scenes, and you got to be like, I swear to God, it is not just this, and you yeah. missed the <laughs> setup, and it really isn't as weird as it looks. And it's like this is a nice reminder of we're all inside, we get it, yeah. but yeah. this is how it feels to be outside looking into this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're aware of it and mm-hmm. that they're not above taking shots at themselves. They do it again in season seven with Buffy's speeches. Oh, yeah. Where there's yeah. This, like a reference like, oh, she's going to be talking for a while. Yeah. And then, like later on, she's like, have you heard my speeches? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it gets way better as the episode progresses mm-hmm. in terms of the way it's cutting back and forth yeah. between them. But it, like, so like the, I'm, I'm not jumping ahead, I swear. But like just the way the final 10 minutes are cut together is sort mm-hmm. of how I remember the whole episode. Yes. Being. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, So Cordy takes this opportunity to make fun of Xander's attempt to be cool with his car. But hey, that blonde chick liked it. She jumped right in. Immediately. She's all about the... the... Got four to the floor. (laughs) She's ready for more. It's a 57 Chevy, right? Yeah, I I think my dad had this car. Oh, it's my favorite micro machine. So I feel like you, me, and your dad. Could, well, do you remember? I got him a, a model a couple of years ago for his birthday. And that's the only reason I would remember because I had to do a lot of eBay searching for <laughs> 57 Chevy. So maybe you could help him with that model. Because he's got experience with the smaller size. It was his favorite micro oh, machine. Oh, okay, halfway you. point between yeah. our, my experience with a 57 Chevy and his. Oh, I got you. Okay. I'll meet you halfway, yeah. Tom. Look at this. <laughs> I thought the word model, you were making reference to the the pretty girl in this episode. Oh, oh no. no. This, that girl, though, she sticks around. After, there are so many moments where, as a rational human being, You're you like, would go, I'm like, out. Yeah, Peace. thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Starting with him saying it handles like a sticky, wet dream. Or yeah. Something. Ooh, something. yeah. How does it handle? Like a penis ejaculating <laughs> is that good out um and then like later when he tries to get angel to break up the day i mean they are straight yeah. up talking about an apocalypse in front of this girl and she's uh-huh. just like cars <laughs> she goes to a cemetery with him <laughs> and it's not until literally the dead rise from the grave that she's like this is too much oh now we've crossed the line okay <laughs> there it is there's the line everybody <laughs> uh, revelations that's the line <laughs> So Xander takes her to uh, the bronze where, when as they leave, he crashes into Jack O'Toole's car. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the library, research is not going well. They're splitting up to, you know, tackle this thing at different mm-hmm. a- angles. There is one of uh, my favorite lines of the episode is when Giles gets all upset that they have eaten all the jelly donuts. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I'm the one who was always saying, let's have jelly in the mix. I think this always seems so weird to me because I'm always feel like every time someone gets donuts, it's like the jelly is left at the end. That's always the one left over. So it's always like this. It's funny to me mm-hmm. that in Buffy, the jelly is the good one. I like that Willow oh. throws Buffy under the bus. Oh, totally. Buffy had three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back at the bronze, Jack is pissed. Ooh. He threatens Xander with Katie, his knife. Oh, my gosh. So. You call that a knife. 
where was that knife? Because it is like. <laughs> well, I mean, he is dead, so. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it could have been in his butt. That's what... <laughs> Just like stabbed right in there. I think he still feels things, though. <laughs> like sadness. <laughs> Rage for sure. <laughs> his oh boy, his line delivery bothered me so much. It's a, it's it's somewhere between Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused and a and a Jack Nicholson, a shitty Jack Nicholson impression okay. of just like you. I like you. Like, ugh. <laughs> yes, of all so of Jack this. Nicholson. I never saw that before. You're right. Uh, so cop shows up. Xander doesn't snitch. So now Jack likes him. And they're best buddies. Well, let's point out the biggest logical flaw in this episode. There's a cop in the murder alley. That never That's happens. Never happened. <laughs> I do by the part where he doesn't. He's not concerned about the knife. That <laughs> yeah. fits right in with the exceptional police work. <laughs> Jack wants to cruise around, find the boys in Xander's car because the one he crashed into, Jack stole. Yeah, I guess. Was yeah. yeah that's yeah. actually a really great line. Yeah, about, like, mine. what about your car? It's not mine. <laughs> Why were you so pissed? Because he's looking for any excuse to get pissed. I think so. That soda was empty. It's still, we're, it really is about the soda. Yeah. <laughs> it's just residual soda. I'm saving really, that can. It was that a was green river, can. and those are really hard to get. God damn it, Xander. So Jack's boys are dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Th- that thing. The, the, the first one that pops out, who ironically now kills zombies on... Uh, is he on the actual Walking Dead, or is he on the spinoff? No, he's on the, uh, the, the original. The actual, yeah, yeah. Walking Dead. And here he's he uh, is. Mustache McGee, I forget his name. That's right. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he's buried in jeans and a letter jacket. Your family loves you and spent so much on your funeral I mean, service. You, you know, maybe, you know, like he's like, I want to be buried in, in the clothes I love the most. The, what struck me was Jack does not seem to be the type to be besties with somebody who wears a letterman jacket well you know what i was thinking later as once it got to the end of the episode was like oh was this a deliberate reference to the movie heathers oh because not only is there a scene where the one of my favorite scenes where the football players are buried in their helmets yes and like and but then it's a movie that ends with christian slater who many people have accused of being a shitty jack nicholson knockoff okay uh planting bombs in the basement of the high school. I think that's totally an influence. I've never seen that movie. I I'd never thought of that before. Um, oh, you should see Heather's. You'd yeah, like now it. I kind of want to. You yeah. would like. You would yeah. really like it. Uh, I mean, it has the classic line, I love my dead gay son. <laughs> that's, that's sweet. That's good. <laughs> you, you, really, you would love that movie. Yeah. So Xander passes Giles performing his spirit guide spell. I like also the sound design in this episode. The mm. the music change when Xander walks up and it's like, but like yeah. really, his stuff is dramatic. He's dealing yeah. with dramatic stuff. He's dealing with a guy that's threatened to kill him now mm-hmm. twice, and crashing cars and cops and that's and raising the dead. It's all very dramatic. Yeah. But the music, I do. Okay, so on one hand, I understand why he doesn't tell Giles. Yeah. What's going on? Giles has his own thing going on. But there is the other part of me that was like, this is not just like a night that's that's gone a little sour. Yeah. This is a big effing deal. Yeah. You, this is like several felonies. And now like the the magic comes into the, the mix. So this is mm-hmm. Giles' purview. Right. Yeah. 
Let me. So, how do you guys feel about the whole raising the dead, the, like Jack's storyline here? I I understand why story wise it has to be, but it seems like real easy to raise the dead for him. Whereas, like every other instance it's in the been, show, yeah, there's, there's been much more consequences. to do about it. Yeah, I guess you can make the argument because like one of the big things is like they won't come back the same, or they'll come back bad in some way. So since they're already kind of bad guys, maybe they just don't care that they come back more bad. I well, don't know. in every other instance, when you want to bring someone back, you're not trying to bring back a decomposing corpse. You're trying mm-hmm. to really bring back the person. So I don't think later on when they want to bring back their loved ones, they're like, but I'd be happy with a gross corpse walking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think it's pretty different. I, I mean, I like it because I feel like it's taking what I mean could be a magic free storyline. If you've got mm-hmm. these hoodlums and you get involved with them and oh shit, now I'm involved in crime and I don't want to mm-hmm. be, but they might hurt me and just put a little bit of magic spin on it. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the, uh, yeah, well, so this is what Buffy does best is it has right. like, you know, allegories to normal high school ex- experiences, but they have this like supernatural twist to them. I'm all in favor of that. I was just, I've never been really crazy about that. This is the idea they settled on mm-hmm. that. These are the shenanigans that Xander gets gets caught up in i don't know it just i'm not i'm not really crazy about the undead would you rather have them be like fish people definitely definitely fish people (laughs) laying eggs yeah you know boys have needs Um. oh Oh, and the other thing they're so they're cruising around town in a convertible Mm -hmm. yeah it's a convertible yeah, they're all very dead and rotting. Like, <laughs> they need the, that. I actually find kind of funny is is how casual they are about not even trying to hide the fact that they are rotting corpses. Like yeah. the one guy just doesn't have half a face. Right, the other guy is just decomposed. He's a skeleton, basically. They're lucky. And they're just like walking around, literally walking in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they could, it further shows how dumb the whole group is that they don't see the problem with like, oh, it's fine. We're still like the boys hanging out. It's like, no, like people would see that and be like, um, didn't you, you used to have a whole face? Yeah, I remember you. <laughs> you're dead and you're alive again. This is not right. I'm going to call the police. Oh, wait. Oh, please are incompetent. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's their defense. So we cut to Buffy in the middle of a conversation with a very beat up Willie. This is fun. Aww. He's already been beat up and she's kind of nursing him which is weird he tells her that the apocalypse will come tonight and Mm -hmm. keep angel close by so last episode you were not happy with all the editing jokes well yeah because i didn't feel it was like totally appropriate this i feel like editing jokes are exactly what this episode and every single cut is an editing joke in this one like every single one i started taking notes and i was just like i can't this is too much (laughs) (laughs) my fingers can't move fast enough to get all these editing jokes uh, so in this one, I like because it's Willie t- tells Buffy, you know, how do you want to spend your last night in Earth? And immediately cut to Bob <laughs> saying, let's get some beer. <laughs> it's just so simple about it. Just like beer. I want some beer. He's just so he doesn't even like can't even articulate the kind of beer uh, or why he wants a beer. Just beer. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. In sharp contrast to what we our feelings on beer later. <laughs> So first they want to bake a cake. <laughs> they have Sandra drive them to a hardware store where they break in. They they hide the front of it for a while so you're yeah. not yeah. super aware that like 
these criminals are just really into baking. Well, who's buying that they're baking a cake? It's I mean, we, it's we, we know Sander it's for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, I because I think that reveal is so great later on. It's yeah. like they're not baking any cake. <laughs> yeah. I also, like several hours after everyone else got it, he he catches up. I remember the first time I watched this, just being like, "Oh, that's weird." And then, like, just going on with it. And then later on, as Xander's talking to Willow, you just see the hardware store in the background. You're like, they're breaking into a hardware store. Mm-hmm. And then it isn't until much later that all of a sudden it's revealed what was in those bags. Mm-hmm. So I just like the gradual yeah, yeah. Uh, repetition of the bake the cake mm-hmm. phrasing. While Xander waits, Willow passes by after leaving the magic shop. Uh, she starts acting like this the last time she'll ever see Xander. Aww. I love you, Xander. That's the last straw for him, uh, but the group doesn't want to leave, so he should be an official part of the group. He should die. Yep. This is where it's a reveal that Jack's been dead the whole time. Uh, he just got resurrected really quickly. He just wanted to show us his abs. Yep. <laughs> and just lifts up his shirt. Three bullet holes. Which, why is he, I guess because he, he's a fresh corpse. Why is he yeah, not decomposing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why they make the point of saying that his uncle. Mm-hmm. Right away. Right away. Yeah, okay. I'm guessing, however, this spell works. It basically like, whatever state you're in at that point is like, you're risen as that and you kind of stay like that. Xander runs and then drives away. He saves Faith from a blue demon lady. I thought for sure, the way this was set up, I thought for sure he was going to make this decision of like, okay. I can save the day. Mm-hmm. And then I thought he was going to hit Faith. <laughs> because she would have been a great Because joke. she would have yeah. survived. <laughs> yeah. and, it was, and then it just hammers home like, God, you can't do anything right. <laughs> but then I feel like it, this is like, he is like really slick here in how he kind of like saves Faith. So like, it kind of justifies the next scene a which, little bit more. Oh, it feels, uh, which, okay, it feels weird to me only because of every other scene in this episode. Yeah. I like, so I like it for, Two reasons. Firstly, like it's been set up that Faith does get turned on Total by Slade. Yeah. So like you're like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. She wants to eat a cheeseburger and then bone the next guy mm-hmm. she sees. I also like it because Xander's whole experience in this episode, like, you know, he wants he wants to be cool. And so now it's almost a be careful what you wish for, because now yeah. he's experiencing all these things that, quote unquote, the cool kids mm-hmm. do. Oh, yeah. They yeah. get into trouble. They break curfew. They do, you know, crime and stuff. And like they have casual sex. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, getting a taste of what it's like to be cool. And but because Xander Xander, it's like just, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and yeah, she kicks him out and yeah. then it's over and it's pretty empty feeling. So mm-hmm. actually, yeah, that's a really good point. I do like the hold me. It's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, I so do awkward. love the line about like, have I mentioned I'm having a, a very really strange night? night. <laughs> <laughs> I also think this is really tastefully shot actually mm-hmm. in terms of just the reflection moving mm-hmm. in the TV. Yeah. Because I'm always like, it seems like this. I'm always very aware of like, don't make it awful for your actors. It's yeah. uncomfortable for everyone. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're best friends and you're super professional. Nobody's dying to film. Uh, no actor is dying to film a sex scene. It's gross mm. and weird. So the fact that like you can tell they did this in a way that is respectful. I, I just really like mm-hmm. the the reflection. There. Well, and having sex in a way you would only have sex on TV. Which yeah, is well, there's the like a sheet over you, a sheet over you as you're on top of it. Yeah. yeah, like is it really chilly? Is it a real chilly night? It's my sex cape. <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> having sex it's good it's good it's good it's good bon 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 good 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 bon bon <laughs> that's why Xander hasn't had sex 
Well, I'm never going to be able to listen to the Superman theme again. (laughs) (laughs) Although I do kind of, even though I understand like the idea of like, it feels empty. It's not as special as he he would like. He's still like a teenage guy who had sex for the first time with a really attractive lady. I feel like he'd be a little bit more excited. Well, I don't think he's totally bummed out. I think he would be more excited if he wasn't like still being chased with Jack Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. If this were the only thing half the night, I think he'd be like, uh, okay. I also yeah. I do love the moment after where he's at the hardware store and like trying to figure out what their plan is. And yeah. he's, like, he's like, I just had sex. Like I do that oh, is yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That seems that very feels realistic. Very real. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back at the library, Oz can sense the hellmouth and is getting crazier. Oh, Giles opens <laughs> Giles opens the cage. What did he think was gonna happen? He's like, be ready with the gun. Now I'm going to and Oz jumps out like, what, what Why was... Why don't you shoot him through the cage? What, yeah, what was the plan here? <laughs> it's true. Like, it's, it, it's not like a glass case. God no. damn it. <laughs> and why? Were they going like, to give him just, a Scooby snack? Just in terms of writing, why... That, like, Giles actually hates Willow. <laughs> Stand there. And he, like, he took all the darts out. <laughs> and then he locks himself in the cage for safety. <laughs> Oh, finally, I can get rid of that horrible witch girl. At the very least, they should have switched positions. Yeah. Willow opens the cage, gets out of the way. That's why I'm like, what was the plan? Because it seems like that's the normal plan to have. Also, this is the scene where I really notice Werewolf Oz is just a tiny little child. It's really bad. (laughs) I mean, there is something charming about how terrible. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. like, it's one of the the things I like about Doctor Who, too, is like, I like when they. You kind of lean into the cheesiness because you have yeah. no choice. You're like, look, sure. we got twelve dollars to yeah. spend. So I, it's not like I ever expect the werewolf costume to be good, but every time, <laughs> if, if it's been a while and you see it again, every time it's like, well, it Oof. does feel weirdly like it gets worse every time. Yeah, yeah that's just it. Like, how do you not just have the same costume back in storage? Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like the first, the very first episode, you didn't realize it was going to be a recurring thing. So that yeah. one you rented, like that was you rented okay. that one. This one you bought, but like, is it seeing that much tear, wear and tear in between episodes? He's not in it that often. Now that brings up like what's happening with the werewolf costume in between yeah. episodes. Oh no! Does that thing keep getting guys? Where's, where's all the wear and tear coming from? The origin <laughs> of furries. <Yeah. laughs> No, I believe that's uh, the Lola Bunny character in Space Jam. Or do you guys remember Zubily Zoo? No, I remember I've the heard name. Oh my gosh! I one of my first crushes was from yeah, it was from like this. I can't remember if she was a bear or <laughs> a tiger. Maybe seems sexier. Uh, <laughs> come on, and a bear it is. And uh, on the scale of fuckable animals, <laughs> come on, Kristen. You know you'd fuck a tiger before you fuck a bear. Um, but yeah, no, she. I, I thought she thought she was real swell. That face was not me judging you. It was me thinking back to my first like animated crush and like Aladdin. This wasn't animated. Oh, these were people in animal. Oh costumes. no! See, the reason I wouldn't like that is because I always think that people in animal costumes are creepy as hell. That's yeah. what like, I like I, when I, I don't see. Like them. I've tried googling this this show, and you you can find the opening credits on YouTube. Really terrible quality. Yeah. If you Google image search, like not a lot of stuff comes up. But the stuff that does, I'm like, mother of fuck! Like, how did I sleep? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I liked this. This is going to really give me nightmares it. now. <laughs> 
I just saw a thing about where the Teletubby baby is now. And just the picture of the baby and the sun. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what was the show? It's a nightmare. <laughs> and, it, and it literally has like a thing that is from a David Cronenberg movie. Like somebody having a TV in their stomach. <laughs> that is literally in a David Cronenberg body horror film. All these subliminal messages were beaming into babies. <laughs> what is going on there? <laughs> Xander finally catches on that the gang wasn't really going to bake a cake. They were going to make a bomb. He goes to Angels to get Buffy's help and finds them mid super dramatic fight. <laughs> Tears and all. He's yep. crying. Mm-hmm. He is crying. I will say that like, so, you know, Xander interrupts, everything halts, including the music. Buffy looks just confused and a little irritated. Angel looks constipated. (laughs) Like, he's like just trying to hold his tear. Like, "Mm." that's why he's crying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go so bad. (laughs) I'm so backed up. I've got to open my hell mouth. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. That's where the creature at the end comes from. (laughs) What should I eat? (laughs) Back at the library, Giles and Willow are casting a binding spell directly beneath them, but above the hellmouth. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate that. (laughs) The gang is putting their bomb together. Xander just, I guess, happens to drive by the gang as they're walking down the street, and he grabs one as he drives off. I mean, that's pretty great. It is. No, yeah. My The only thing I was thinking at first was, like, what is he threatening him with? Like, death? <laughs> but uh, but you, you find out later that even though he's dead already, you lose your head, you blow yeah. up. Like that's, that's a whole other level. Of, die worse. Yeah. yeah. Die worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill you. You'll, you'll, I'll kill you worse. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this is also like a, a predecessor to 24, just somebody yelling, where's the bomb? <laughs> you know, what's funny is so they obviously Sunnydale is, is one block uh, of <laughs> city and yeah. of downtown. And then yeah. there's also one block of residential. Then stuff. a giant museum, giant zoo airport. Accommodate the 25 people. So, uh, but if you look at this scene, when he first grabs the guy and starts and driving with him next to the car, and then they have their whole back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then when the guy loses his head, they're at exactly the same place in the street. I was going to say, how fast are these guys behind him running? Because they are like... They, Did he drive in a circle? Maybe? He must have just gone around the block with him because they're yeah. they end right where they started. I, I mean, I get they have limited space yep. they can shoot on. So Xander runs through the hallways from the gang. Uh, the Scoobies are meanwhile fighting the big Hellmouth monster. It's grown. so great. This is from this is the monster from uh, Prophecy Girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do hate the line though, where Bob gets the um, the axe and good for the chopping. chopping. What the hell? Does this does like the resurrection spell also make you into a little baby? I mean, I get good for chopping. This is the same guy that was like, "Let's get beer." It's good for chopping, but like, I feel like it would be better. And maybe, maybe it was just like they didn't read the line correctly in the script. It's more like, "Oh, this will be good for chopping." Like, I feel like that's the better comedic read of like, "I'm going to come up with something really clever," and I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> like that's the read that I feel it makes more sense than good for chopping. Like oh, that was unclear. Like okay, I get it. Oh, I thought maybe he was going to use it as a croquet mallet. But no, <laughs> chopping. Right, got it. But this All reminds right. me of 
the scene that for some reason really sticks in my head. Oh God, I just realized I just made a horrible pun. Um, <laughs> oh no! But have you guys ever seen the movie My Boyfriend's Back? Oh yeah, that's exactly what the zombies, quote unquote, zombies in this act like. Okay, so there's the part where, and I believe it's a young Philip Seymour Hoffman in one of his first film roles. He's playing like this uh, teenage bully guy who's going to kill the zombie. Who ends up the zombie is not really a, a, in the right in the movie. See for yourselves. It's a very weird movie. Um, but he takes a, an axe. I believe he gets from, you know, the glass thing in the school. And he raises it up behind his head to kill him. But as he starts to rip down, he accidentally, like, hooks it into his own head and just <laughs> falls down and dies. <laughs> so I appreciate that, like, the way this is all set up, uh, mm-hmm. the, the convenience that everybody winds up in the same spot. It was like, yeah. oh, okay, so the bomb's going to blow up the monster. I thought that the first oh, time yeah. this this aired, but... I like that they I feel like it would it, yeah. do a lot more damage than just the monster. Well, like maybe like the, they throw it into the monster, monster eats it, it kills the monster, something oh, like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Xander finally makes it to the boiler room, but Jack is waiting for him, and Xander doesn't know how to defuse the bomb. Mm-hmm. So here's what I don't get. The police can't handle dead guys. That's why we don't call them when there's magic stuff. Mm-hmm. But they might know how to defuse a bomb. I, well, but then, but Xander's seen the creature... That's running amok in other parts of the school. Yeah. And that's, isn't that's like something they want to yeah. keep a lid on. That's true. That would And there's also like a time them. thing where I feel like, and it's already like we've established Sunnydale, not great police force. If there's like five minutes left on a bomb, you're like, I'm not going to go to the police. Yeah. I'd be lucky true. if they got here in 15 and had like, you know, Don Knotts coming in. And- <laughs> mm. So mid fight, Jack realizes he doesn't have enough time to run away before the bomb goes off. So who has less fear, Xander or Jack? I like it, and it ties back to the the confrontation at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. where they had basically the reverse roles where he was uh, threatening Xander with the same basic threat. Xander blocks Jack from exiting. The line that, oh, I, whenever you say the Zeppo, the first thing I think of is, I like the quiet. It is weirdly badass. It is, I mean, it's, it's, and it's just... It's badass and also kind of scary. But yeah. like, oh man, he is ready to die. I feel shitty because I like this. I like this scene. I think this is a really well written scene. But I think it's a moment that this episode doesn't totally earn. Like mm. I am not. I have not arrived to this conclusion with Xander. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand how we got from Xander at the beginning of this episode to Xander at the end of this episode. I'm with you because I before rewatching it this time, I was thinking about that and thinking about how specifically the line i like the quiet almost feels like why was xander like saying like i'd be okay if like that's that's a strong thing he has a lot Mm. to live for like why would that be okay with him and his life so sucky right now and then this time i am just getting he's just a better bluffer that he's not this guy he's not that un He's not that without fear. It's just that he knows he needs to bluff Jack into this. I kind of read into it more that, and I think it, this could be earned a lot better and and articulated more clearly, that it's more when it really counts and when it's not just about him. Because in the beginning, Jack's not threatening everyone else or anybody else. He's just threatening Xander. And then I feel like Xander's more comfortable being a coward. That's like his natural thing. But when it really counts, like, no, I need to like save the lives of the, my friends, the people I care about, then he's able to find that, that courage and that resolve more easily. That's how I read it. That's good. That could, that's making me think of the way that he almost never, when it comes to, you know, these magical fights with Buffy and the villains, Mm -hmm. 
he never shies down from jumping into the fray, even though he is the only one without magical powers. Mm -hmm. He is for sure going to get hurt, but he jumps in because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of ties with what you were saying, I think. Yeah, it just does. And I, and I totally, I agree. That is a better way to read it. It just doesn't feel like much has changed. Like Mm -hmm. if this is about Xander being unsatisfied with his role in the group or how everyone else looks at him or maybe not it's just him being afraid that this is true that what Cordelia yeah. is saying is true and so the if the, if his arc for this episode is figuring out that it's that it's not that like and then you get to that final moment with Cordelia where it's not even worth firing back at her there's nothing to even be defensive about because yeah. he is so secure with having figured out no this is who I am and this is where I fit and I don't need I don't even need to explain this to you so he just mm. walks around her with a, like a smile on his face i that is another it's a great moment and i but i don't i feel like there is a beginning here and an end and a middle that doesn't really hold this all together i gotcha yeah and i, go I feel like maybe if there's more like clear him getting confidence from each thing that happens on his journey of that night absolutely i think, yeah. I think they need to show that because i think it's more like you have to deduce for yourself that he's gaining confidence when he's able to get away from the bullies when he's able to um save faith and then when he's able to have sex with a lady right. and then when he's able to kill the first guy and kill the second guy and like get uh get uh the the end victory against the last guy like they should all be like even if it's just a couple moments of him being like yeah yeah you know i think that would be enough to make it a little clearer that that's what we're supposed to read i feel like that might be but it's not yeah i I agree it's not as clear as it could be i also think there's a missed opportunity in terms of a group that is kind of pushing you out and then all of a sudden here's another group that's trying to pull you in Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like there's enough of they don't do enough with that contrast yeah that's interesting i've never thought about that before but you're right uh so to wrap things up real quick jack defuses the bomb um, he accidentally walks into the room where they had locked up Oz. Oh, that is that is mm. pretty awesome. Though. Oz eats yeah, him. Awesome. Well, I, I love any any time they kind of just like pull the the rug out from somebody being super dramatic and threatening like that. It's something yeah. that they've done a couple times, but I really like it because sometimes they will also have the 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 regular version of somebody just saying something really badass and. Yeah, it's just something badass. But then it makes it that much sweeter when he's like, "Oh, I'll get you when you least expect." Should have read the sign on the door. Yeah. It says clear as day. Mm-hmm. Keep locked at all times. There, oh, okay, there you go. And then, as you said, like the next day, he's super confident both with the Scoobies and <clears throat> with Cordelia. I feel like he kind of learns his lesson. Of, like he goes from what's cool, I need to be cool, to just mm-hmm. learning kind of that confidence makes you cool and self-assuredness. Mm-hmm. So what's the lesson in the Zeppo? I think it's... It's about not underestimating the people around you, that you don't really know what other people are capable for. In this, you know, the Scoobies are saying, oh, we have to protect Xander, and not realizing that, like, that when you separate Xander from the Scoobies, he actually can take care of himself, and he does, I mean, they have no idea that they were almost blown up, and Xander saved the day all by himself. Maybe something in there about how being cool is is about being cool with yourself, just sort of, yeah, that like, you you know, you can try and, just like what we were talking about before, get your identity all wrapped up in exterior things, yeah. you know, yeah. guitar, a car, stuff like that. But that actual coolness, it just mm-hmm. sort of comes from like, just hang back, be you, yeah. you'll figure it out. And that's, that's what's going to make you cool, is just you being you. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, that's I, I'm not yeah. saying that's absolutely what's reflected here in the episode, but that that's one way to read it. Mm-hmm. So I understand why this is like a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited that the timing worked out. That it was like, oh, this is going to be the episode yeah. I get to sit in on. Fantastic. I think this is a good episode that has several great moments. Like if you were to make a list of all-time best scenes in, from any episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think you could make strong arguments for several moments mm-hmm. from this episode. But like overall, I'm so afraid to say this. I think I like the concept better than I like the execution. Mm-hmm. I just, I really do feel like this could all narratively, this could be a little bit tighter or yeah. thematically. I should say, I think this could be tighter mm-hmm. in terms of tying the, like flipping what's normally the a storyline and the B storyline is amazing, mm-hmm. but I wish it had all worked together a little bit better mm-hmm. that like when you get to that final scene, they kind of bring it all home. And I just, I feel like it gets a little muddled with raising the dead guys. And I, I, the, all the pieces are there. I just don't think they're, I don't think they're placed on the board as effectively as they could have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's one of those things where at first I was tempted to say like, well, but you've only got, you know, it's an hour long show, which means about 40 minutes of, of screen time when you yeah. take commercial breaks out of the equation. So you're, you have limited real estate in terms of how much story you can tell in that amount of time. But there are other episodes of Buffy, the one we're about to talk about next, where when it's yeah. over, you go, I can't believe how much they fit yeah. into 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So to me, it feels like that the Zeppo almost feels like two episodes that were that were put together. They had ideas for two episodes that were sort of half finished and they mm-hmm. thought like, oh, you know what? Maybe there's a way we can work these together. The yeah. idea of like, well, we've got we've got this cool idea that's going to be more Xander-centric. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what's Xander going to be doing? Well, we've got this half-baked idea here or half-cooked idea yeah. about this this troublemaker raising his his dead friends and, and maybe there's a way to kind of fit these two together. And I do think on a surface level, yeah, it works it works perfectly in terms of what I said earlier, the one group rejecting him, the other one mm-hmm. trying to, to bring him in. It just, it kind of feels like a little bit of a mess in the middle. Mm. Not a popular opinion, I know. Yeah. And I am not, I did not think that's how I was going to feel about it going into this. Yeah, I definitely feel like it, it could be be tighter in a lot of places. But I think I also can just respect just where it's coming from in the show and just in like TV in general. Like it's kind of a ballsy episode oh, to have yeah. had in the third season of like a show in the late 90s where like even just the format of Buffy is already kind of like a little out there to be like a a serialized show but not really a soap opera and has these fantasy elements but it's also very comedic and it's also a teenage show but it has very adult themes so like I appreciate its ambition but I do agree there are ways that it could have probably come to fruition a lot smoother and a lot clearer I think that's that's one of the things I feel like it, it just a little clearer on some of the points mm. it's making it, than the, the 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 great scenes would shine even more. It just has a couple moments where you you expect you would feel more than than you do, mm. like moments that should be an emotional gut punch that you're like, why don't I why, why don't I feel it? Mm. I, I I just really like the concept of this. To me, it always makes me think of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um. And just, I just get such a kick out of it every time that, that they make those editing jokes. Every time you get the contrast mm-hmm. of the super dramatic Buffy scenes and the Xander semi dramatic but kind of bumbling mm-hmm. 
scenes. It tickles me pink every time. I don't think it's perfect. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, you brought up a lot of stuff that I didn't see until you said it. That like, oh yeah, you're right. They should have tightened that up. So I would say like A minus, not an A plus. I want to say, I still think of this episode very favorably. Like I I said, I think this is a good episode of of Buffy. I had a really fun time watching it. And I also agree, just the concept of it is amazing and and you know mike what you said about them this being kind of a ballsy move this is one of the reasons season three is my favorite season is that this is the season where it they feel it feels like joss and the other writers are the most confident in terms Mm -hmm. of taking these kinds of risks having really hit their stride and figured out what this show is and so yeah episodes like the zeppo that's that's a big part of it one of those things where it's like i mean yeah that's the fact that they even took the chance and did this is is awesome it's time to put the Zeppo back on the shelf and open the books on Bad Girls. Buffy and Faith are fighting some medieval looking dudes. Faith is aghast that Buffy has never slept with Xander. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's like I get it, but at the same yeah. time, I'm like, you know, Buffy's not that type of girl. Yeah. Like, you just you should know, like, oh yeah, Square Buffy. Of course she doesn't or didn't. Yeah. Faith runs off to get the third one, which ends up putting Buffy badly in danger, which will be a running theme for this episode. Mister Trick grabs the dead vampire's weapons. We go to the mayor. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so, Chris, talk to us about the mayor. Um, this is my favorite big bad mm-hmm. of any any Whedon show i i love the mayor and it's funny it's like i know you know when when we went to go see age of ultron one of the first things i said when we were walking out of the theater was like you know what i i dug the fuck out of ultron as a character i know a lot Mm -hmm. of people didn't but because i was like it's the mayor it feels so much like the mayor and i am impressed anytime you've got a bad guy who is as humorous and Mm -hmm. as charming as he is threatening that they can be all of those things and i will when people complain about age of ultron i believe me i understand Mm -hmm. i i think the criticisms are i don't think they're baseless and i definitely think they do a better job here uh, than they do in that movie of a villain who is simultaneously very funny while still being mm-hmm. threatening. It's a better balance here. That's why I, I, I just find this guy so watchable and so different from everything that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just emblematic of what I love about the season as a whole. Is It's just like, this to me is the epitome of, of the tone of Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. Yeah. This is why I watch the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love the mayor. <laughs> you know, I uh, served him a drink once uh, at one of my jobs, uh, working at a uh, bar in downtown Chicago at a theater. Uh, he had a big, bushy beard. Is his name Harry Groner? Yes. Or Grainer, I believe it's pronounced. Oh, sure. Just like John Boner is... Oh, sure. It's Boehner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so... I, I have uh, had two customer service experience mm-hmm. with celebrities, both of which were very similar of me, like just kind of looking at him with this look of like, hey. I think I know you. And then the <gasps> moment and just me sitting with a big smile and he's going, hi, how can I help you? <laughs> like, not creepy at all. Well, who are they? It was the bad guy from Silence of the Lambs, not Buffalo Bill, but the bad FBI director, dude. Oh, okay. Chilton. That one. Yeah. And the bad guy in X-Men 2. Oh, Brian, Brian Cox. Cox. That. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Wow. Damn. Don't, he was nice, right? 
Oh, they were both oh my very God, nice. Break yeah. my heart if that dude. Oh, was... if Brian Cox was an asshole. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Man. In oh. particular, Chilton uh, was. I think was just kind of giggling at me, being like, "Hi, look at what do you need?" <laughs> that someone recognized him. Yeah, no, not that he recognized him. What it feels like, but that I was being <laughs> such a dork about it. Yeah. I think he was thought that was funny. Oh, it's adorable. I like the uh, the whole bit in this scene where they uh, well, each character talks about which uh, comic they like to read in the newspaper. I also yeah. feel like I feel like that is a really good conversation, like a yeah. good. Um, icebreaker conversation of mm-hmm. just kind of to explain like what type of person you are. Yeah. I'm just going to say it's a little judgy on the mayor's part for somebody who is, who reads family circus mm-hmm. to look down on somebody who reads Kathy. Although we can all look down on somebody. <laughs> who reads uh, Kathy, I can't think we? the hierarchy of comics would place <laughs> family circus at about the same. But how perfect for Alan. Well, so the yeah. thing that's great about the scene is it immediately endears you to him, yeah. which is going to be... You see such a little dork. Yeah. yeah. And it's, which has a huge payoff later mm-hmm. on. So and the fact that they, they kind of, the fact that they look down on him for him makes me want to be like, oh, buddy. Well, it's one of those amazing things where it's, you know, it's, it's something that it, it's a joke, but it also advances character. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, It's yeah. so great. Yeah. So mine's Calvin and Hobbes. Ah, I, know, okay. I know you wanted to know that. Yeah. I, I was taking notes. We could not have continued. <laughs> there seems to be uh, some sort of power struggle in this between Trick and Alan over to like who gets to be second in command. Mm. Like it's always been Alan mm. up until Trick came along and now he's like being pushed out. Yeah. I find interesting. At school, Willow is looking over early admission packets to Ivy League schools. Cordy shows up to be mean. <laughs> I think it's really ironic that she says, unlike you, my father has a job. Like, oh, wait till the end of the season, bitch. yeah. (laughs) Can I say, in your last, the episode that just went up as of the time we're recording this, Mm -hmm. where you talk about Jesse and Breaking Bad, and you said the whole, like, science, bitch. And then from that point on in the show, you were just like, and then this bitch, she rolls rolls up in this bitch, and this bitch is being a real bitch, bitch. The bitch gates have been open. Yeah, it just, and it all came pouring out. (laughs) I have a really weird problem with, like, my speech patterns where I tend, like, if you say something a lot, I will lock onto that, and that will become my Mm. thing. Yeah. Or like, if I say one phrase, all coming all of a sudden that phrase just becomes my thing that I'm going like all I mm. yesterday the phrase a hundred percent that mm. was I I couldn't stop saying it yesterday. You were a hundred percent saying a hundred percent. Oh, it was driving me crazy and I couldn't stop. <laughs> my dad went through a phase where he was using the word bizarre for everything. <laughs> it's like if he liked a really movie, he was like, oh. That movie was bizarre. I'm like, so <laughs> good? <a> recommendation. Good? <laughs> Just like you show, it's like, show me that video game, and you put it on. Oh, that's bizarre. I'm like, I have no idea how you feel about anything. You just like it's. Uh, I guess it's not normal. That's all I know. Like this, this isn't average. I guess is what you're saying to me. I have a similar thing. If I listen or watch a lot of a particular comedian, I will start to talk in that comedian's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um. Which one time led uh, uh, a woman I was dating to ask, are you doing an Indian voice right now? It's like, <laughs> no, I've just been listening to a lot of Kamal Nanjani. Oh, God, and he's adorable. a Pakistani oh, uh, guy. Well, originally and then moved when he was young. But, but this is not the Kamal Nanjani uh, podcast. It could be. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Season four. We're not that into it, so we're just going to change it. That's change fine. the formats. Anytime Adam comes up, there's just a segue. <laughs> Just do 20 minutes about, like, an episode of Silicon Valley. Sure. Never seen it, but let's do it. 
So enter Wen- Wesley Wyndham Price. Oh, yeah. Aww. Played by Alexis Denisoff. We'll go on to marry Allison Hannigan. Mr. Hannigan. That's how he is in my notes. <laughs> no. His evolution over the course of, of this season and then when he moves to Angel, it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things. Like I, They just did such an amazing job. It's, it's the same reason I, I love Willow so much. Mm-hmm. It's just that mm-hmm. the gradual evolution and transformation of those characters is crazy. Yeah. It goes through so much. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's a really... Boy, did they luck out with this actor, too. They hired yeah. exactly the right guy. Because he sells every moment yeah. of that Seriously. transformation. Yeah, it's like, hard to think about. Like, when you see Wesley here, you're like, oh, this is the same actor as season five of Angel. I was just yeah. going to say, like, consider mm-hmm. how he yeah. starts that season. It's so crazy. Yeah. Because oh, there's, man. like, so many, like, dramatic things. And the idea that there's... An actor would be very good at both the extremes of, like... Yeah. And he's even an Angel. And... I have some problems with this is has to go back and forth between that at different points where he's like, has to be kind of this like prissy little fussy, you know, kind of British Butler type guy. Sure. And then go to like this badass, gritty, like dirty anti-hero character and then goes back to the, Oh, it's, it's very, <laughs> well, very the, big range. The other great thing about this too, is it's just such great comedic fodder for Giles because it's mm. that classic dynamic of the guy who's too old for this shit and just a little bit more lax on, on everything. Yeah. And then the new, you know, the wet behind the ears mm. by the book guy. Yeah. And, and it's such an amazing way of highlighting how far Buffy and Giles relationship mm-hmm. has come yes. because this was kind of Giles yeah. when we met Absolutely. him. And it's, it's so funny to think about like just the first couple of conversations with Jaws, we're like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a stuffy ass British guy. And now no. you still think of him as the stuffy ass British guy until you put him next to a really stuffy ass British guy. <laughs> right. yeah. And you're like, oh no, that's right. He's kind of cool. Which I really like that um, later on, there's a little bit of Wesley reading from the, oh, the diary dad- of, yeah. of when Giles first arrived. And it's like, oh yeah, like yeah. that, that is a really nice reflection. So this is Fate's new watcher. He's so whiny. <laughs> Uh, he's also a close talker, which mm-hmm. made me laugh out loud every time. He just got <laughs> real close up in your face. He just gives such an impression of like the kid who, who wasn't like that smart, but always got like a plus on everything. Cause he tried way too hard. Sure. It was more like the teacher's like, I just don't even want to deal with you. I don't, I don't care if this is a plus work. No, Christine. I think that's me. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're a lot more charming about it. Uh, <laughs> I also like the scene because, like, not only in contrast to Wesley do we see Giles and Buffy's relationship, but just because there's this newcomer, they communicate in such few words mm-hmm. and with such meaningful looks mm-hmm. that you're yeah. like, oh, yes, this is, like, such a good relationship mm-hmm. here. Oh, I just, I just love, I love it. Wesley recognizes the vamps as the Illuminati, a duelist cult that dueled their way into extinction. <laughs> They're here to retrieve the amulet of their leader, Balthazar. Always an amulet. It is yeah, always an it's amulet. It's never like a brooch. Mm. An evil brooch. <laughs> the anklet <laughs> of ultimate power. The anklet. Those were big in the 90s. The yeah. toe ring. <laughs> toe ring. <laughs> One toe ring to rule them all. Faith arrives and then immediately ditches her new watcher. That's great. Giles and Wesley clean their glasses at the exact same time. And I love how Giles is like, oh, I just I can't do this now. <laughs> yep. I just puts the glass back on and keeps the, the handkerchief in his lap. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's perfect. Faith and Buffy talk about slain, how Buffy views it as an obligation, and Faith just really, really, really enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Hungry and horny. That, yes. Um, sometimes I crave a low-fat yogurt. 
<laughs> that night. <laughs> That's the laugh of somebody who peed in your yogurt. I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't. Uh, oh. I go for all my yogurt. Fruit at the bottom. <laughs> you need sense. to see a doctor right now. You're peeing fruit. That night, Buffy goes to retrieve the amulet. The Illuminati arrive, and Buffy hides in a tomb. Faith shows up, and they follow the vamps. Once again, Faith goes jumping into the fray without waiting. We have a very important note here. <laughs> Faith is irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, even as I was writing that down, I remember thinking, like, this is really obvious. But for some reason, I can't not write this down right now. Like, Faith is irresponsible. 100%. I love the way she forces Buffy to follow her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you don't follow me, I, I might die. die. Oh, it's so uh, And such, like, a... a a dicky teenage move to to be like, oh, you don't want to break the rules? I'm going to make you break the rules so that you're not breaking the rules. Like, yeah. uh, so just... that you remove the stick up. I think, yeah. I mean, Faith would be like to remove the stick that's up your butt. Like, mm-hmm. you need to chill out. Although, like, not really when you're fighting to the death. Well, and, and you maybe not chill out, more but more like you need to rely more on instincts and not mm-hmm. think well, about it is, so much. This is one of the things I think was so great about this episode was that for Buffy, her role as a slayer is not something she's ever been totally comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Right. She has a very kind of antagonistic relationship with this this calling at, at yeah. various points. Whereas on a, if you just look at Faith on the surface, she seems like somebody who is so okay with this mm-hmm. and so at peace with it. And so you can see why for Buffy... This is compelling. This yeah. is the, the faith has her attention and why she winds up along for this ride. Yeah. I would want to be along for the ride too. I would want to be as comfortable and happy being myself mm-hmm. as faith is. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. And it's interesting that like, I don't know how much of this is intentional, but it's just interesting that a lot of this episode winds up being about how different they are as slayers and this is the same episode where we introduce Wesley mm-hmm. mm. and you've got the two different, the dynamic between the two different watchers. You don't want to be Wesley. You want to be Giles. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely shows, I think, not to hone in on the lesson of the episode yet, but like they do have to find the medium. You don't want to be Wesley and you don't want to be Faith. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that they do that on purpose so that they don't leave us with the impression of you need to be the total square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So underground, they're surrounded. The main dude tries to drown Buffy, <laughs> uh, which we think he succeeds because she plays dead. I always wonder in movies and TV show why people don't do this more they often. Never try just just play dead. Never just it. play dead. What are you going to yeah. lose? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess your instincts kick in and you're just freaking out, but yeah. like, still. No, this was smart. And there's some sweet sword choreography here mm-hmm. when she jumps back up. Yeah. The, this whole season, the choreography is just like every single episode. I'm like, fuck, well, yes. Her and, I mean, well, I know you've talked about this and you, we've talked about this. The Faith Buffy fights are always the best. Oh, mm-hmm. But just in general, even when they're not fighting each other, but just watching the two of them fight, even yeah. though it's wide angles and we know it's not them, yeah. it's just shit. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next day, Wesley is less than grateful for Buffy putting her life at risk. In chemistry, Buffy is gushing about slaying during a test. She also trivializes Willow's attempt to empathize, which is just shitty. Yeah. But this is another reason I love this episode. Okay, because so like, so we're right back to 
Buffy taking classic high school experiences and kind of putting this fun twist on them because we all had at one point the cool friend yep. mm. and that we maybe started neglecting our other friends because we yeah. were so caught up in, in this new person. The person who seems like they've got it all figured out at first, who is mm-hmm. so intriguing and the per- we want to be like them and we want to understand them. Mm-hmm. And then you stay on that ride long enough and you realize, oh, shit, no. they do not have it all figured uh-huh. out. Mm-hmm. This dynamic makes me think about uh, when we watched My So-Called Life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and Angela spending more time with Rayanne at the expense of, um, oh, what's her name that she used to be friends with? Bangs. Bangs, sure. Bangs. Bangs McBoobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get a hang of what's going on. Sharon. In this- <laughs> it was gonna, Sharon it's gonna, it's gonna drive me crazy oh hi Sharon Sharon just walked into the room guys that was a, uh, I, I have a very strange form of Tourette's <laughs> not offensive necessarily just inconvenient um, so I'm trying to get it like this this class is weird. The, the teacher is like passing on the test. I'm like, you're on the honor system. And then leaves the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what type of test is this? Yeah. But d- don't talk to each other. That reminds me in college, I had a, a teacher who literally, very bad teacher. Um, it was for an acting class. What one, one day was like, uh, okay, so for the next like 40 minutes, you guys can just, you know, work on your scenes or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. And he left the room. He comes back like 45 minutes later with a sandwich. I'm like, what the? You just wanted to go get a sandwich, and you're like, well, I'm just not going to teach for 45 minutes. Oh, my get a gosh. Sandwich. I was working your stuff. When teachers would be like, it was a take-home test. Yeah. Which is like, and again, it was the same thing. It was kind of an honor system like thing. Any, anytime we got like a take-home test, it just felt like, oh, you've given up. Yeah. Yeah. Or open book. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I you're, think, you're, you're I think testing is, our skills of looking things up in a book? I think this is called a worksheet. Yeah. <laughs> So Faith arrives and convinces Buffy to ditch so they can go steak. I think my notes are... Thank you for the motion. (laughs) uh, Enjoy a nice meal. I I think that my notes are supposed to say so she can go slay. I mean, you're not wrong. Okay. I mean, it's just... They do go steak. Sure. (laughs) They go steak? Good for shopping. You go go steak? (laughs) I want beer. Good for steaking. (laughs) They bust up a nest and this is so badass this mm-hmm. is great you've got the music that yeah. kicks in they're um backlit so they're silhouettes and they just mm-hmm. bust into this oh, nest and fucking awesome. everyone's yeah. ass and, and then immediately the vampire just catches fun fire it's yeah. just it hard yeah. doesn't it, it hard cuts to them at the club at the, oh yeah just it's, it's it just up. seamless it's so good and you get it like their adrenaline's pumping yeah and like that song though i was having flashbacks to mortal kombat annihilation <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a song yeah on that soundtrack boom, also boom, 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 boom. you know what else i hate about this song is this is the music for the menu on the DVDs of season three, oh. that always the episode ends and it's very somber, and then it blasts you in the face with this shit. Oh, the, the so the menu music, <laughs> I have such an aversion to at this point because so many times I have fallen asleep to those DVDs oh. and woken up with like it's like an alarm clock sound. Well, not only that, but because I'm so out of it, I never turn it off. That means I've spent like. Seven hours straight with this plane in my oh, boy. yeah, and keep waking up going. I hate this. I should turn it off, but it's still blasting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now I, that's like kind of why I mostly watch on Netflix and not my DVDs now because well. I don't want to listen to that menu music. So Angel arrives. He's very unhappy, obviously, with dancing with Buffy dancing with the boys. When did they become an item again? 
Because we, I mean, like, I guess amends Zeppo during that dramatic scene we didn't see. Because the last time they talked about it, it was like, we are, we can't date. This yeah. isn't good. We can't. And even like in amends, she says, we are not together, but I need to help him. Maybe she's getting all hot and bothered like Faith. I mean, coming she, off this high she and, jumps and straddles him. Yeah. And he, but he looks as surprised by yeah. it as I was. Although I do feel like it should have been more of like a. Uh, we can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Like, he seems surprised, but he's like, okay. <laughs> Angel's there to warn Buffy that Balthazar is actually still alive. He wants his amulet. Wesley arrives. This is hard for us. Resley does a wife in this scene. That? Yeah. With the poochie jacket. Speaking of Bruce's, he's got a poochie jacket. It's the amulet. Angel takes it. Wesley doesn't really know who he is, which is great because later on in the episode, mm-hmm. he doesn't know who has the amulet. <laughs> Buffy goes to do recon. Balthazar is disgusting. Oh, he's just sitting so in a gross. tub of his own shit, right? Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. And they're just and they're fucking dumping it on him again as if this is helping with yeah, anything. That is not <laughs> clean water. You know what's crazy is this came out season three would have been airing right around the same time as the first blade movie exactly that's what i think of every time because there's a big fat vampire this looks remarkably like that character in blade i forgot to look it up i meant to which actually came first blade was 98 and season three would have been 99 so yeah it might have been like uh like hey let's uh let's do a a fat thing it's not a vampire this (laughs) time let's do a fat Thing. Josh, you're gonna have to be more specific. <laughs> she's like, I mean, guys, that was the note. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna. You know what I love about the the suit is like, so you can tell that the prosthetic ends at about the elbow. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's kind of locked down there. So whenever he has to get animated, it's just <laughs> ah, and he just waves like T-Rex these parts arms. Of the, oh it my is god, T-Rex I'm so upset. <laughs> It makes him seem weirdly fey for a <laughs> fat, giant demon. Like a giant uh, Andy Dick. <laughs> Pour more of my shit on me. I'm uh, in the front. But it seems weird, too. Like, I I feel like, why didn't they just have, because he's, if he's so fat, have it be like two or three guys so like they can have more full arms. Mm. That'd be if, interesting. I mean, you can make him fat enough. He's a demon. There's no like rules that he has to have like. It has to be the same guy doing the head and the arms. I don't know. Maybe they just figured it would be easier. Cheaper. You only have to pay the one actor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't have to pay for the two arms. (laughs) Uh, So I guess he can use the force to move you, Mm -hmm. uh, but stay out of his giant belly button because he crushes a dude's head in there. His front butt. God, (laughs) yeah. Uh, The thing I kept thinking about during the scene is like, oh, the smell. (laughs) It must just be terrible. No matter what it is he's in, even if like he's got like a, a butt tube or something, and that's not his own waste, uh, it's still like this giant fat demon just soaking in something all day. Yeah, and I can't imagine anything that's keeping a demon alive is minty fresh. Ugh, I do want to hear more of uh, Balthazar's backstory. Like, how did he go from being this like badass demon to a fat guy in a tub? <laughs> because it's just like, oh, I can't move my legs. I'm just going to become a fat guy in a tub. Like, I mean, what? that's that's your option. Yeah, that's what sure. happens. Yeah. <laughs> Faith convinces Buffy to break into the sporting goods store to stock up on weapons and kill Balthazar. Faith's philosophy on the life of a slayer, want, take, have. That's great. (laughs) I do get the feeling that her philosophy has not changed much since before she was a slayer. It's just that now it's easier because she's super strong. Like, you just kind of get, like, I can see her glee here of before I was a slayer, I did this kind of stuff, I got in trouble, I'd go to jail... 
Um, like, I've been more hard. like want, take, run. Yeah, yeah, that. And now it's just like, this got super easy. Not yeah. only that, now she has, she can justify it. Yeah, mm-hmm. now I'm yeah. a hero for it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Faith is a bad influence on Buffy. Mm-hmm. Buffy joins in. A cop shows up and ruins their fun. More bad influence. Faith convinces Buffy to break out of the cop car. See, this is just like we were talking about yeah. people and friends that were maybe bad influences. Yeah. Like this, is, I mean, this is the story of my bad influence friend where this, we got arrested for shoplifting. We murdered some cops. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were groaning. So you could tell they were still alive. When we straight, we decapitated ours. Oh, God. Um, that means may have been Grand Theft Auto 3. I had a five-star wanted level, and then I, then I entered a cheat code, and we were fine, and then I drove home. I think, no, I yeah, think that's so real I, life. I think that's, that's what life. happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is this ring's yeah. so true. So true to me. And you can see the wheels turning in Buffy's head about, like, I'm seeing your justification. Like, you're, yeah. you're making sense, and you do seem to have this figured out. I also feel like this is what happens when your super conservative friend goes off to college and gets mm. a taste of freedom for the first time, and suddenly she becomes a pot-smoking alcoholic. It's like the whole rumspringa thing. Yeah, that, yeah. exactly. Well, it's also a really nice reason to have Wesley in this episode, too, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, you're used to a watcher who at this point, again, is a little, not that he's not you know stern and authoritative, and, but, I mean, Wesley is so by the book yeah. and so coming at you with all of these, mm-hmm. these rules and, you know, your mission, my mission scenario has her arriving in one minute and, like, that Jesus. kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. Even Giles was never that right. yeah. anal. The next morning, Buffy scours the paper for signs of their misdeeds. The mayor has a photo op with the Boy Scouts. This, I love every moment with this dude. <laughs> the, the, a line, the, and even in the delivery of just like, I could just eat them up. Like, uh, I believe you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to eat those children later. Uh, he's then attacked by the Illuminati. Mr. Trick knocks the dude out. I think it's really interesting. That, and like, I always forget about this, or maybe I never really noticed it before, that we learn from Balthazar that the mayor is the one that crippled him. That he mm. refers to my, my my enemy. Like this is mm-hmm. why he was he is in town to get the mayor because yeah. the mayor crippled him, and warns that like he is so much worse than I am. That's, mm. I think that's really oh, interesting. It's great. It's a great way to prop up your villain. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I think, and I've mentioned this before. They do such a great job of with the limited scope of like a TV budget, and like the mayor from most episodes being like. C or D story where it's just like, Hey, the mayor's still here and just doing little things to help make the mayor be a big bad from the beginning. Like they mention him super, they mentioned him in the last season. Yeah. They like just every, every time he's on screen, there's something intimidating about him. Even it's just like the way Alan responds to him. Like there's uh, earlier in the episode when he goes to grab like a, a wet nap, just seeing the look of terror when Alan thinks he might be in his way for a second and quickly gets out of the way. Like it's, it's as if he's dodged a train about to hit him and they just do such a good way. And this is another example of just building up this big bad. So he's really threatening and can still then be funny. And just waiting at the tension of waiting for the other foot to drop where it's Mm -hmm. like, we they're scared of something. We haven't seen that side yet, Mm -hmm. but it's coming. It's going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. Willow finally makes Buffy her protection spell. I think this, I like to think this is the same one that she talks about in Gingerbread. Oh, oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> 100%. 100%, bitch. <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. Sharon. Sharon. 
zero trim. That's gone. <laughs> uh, Buffy pulls the wool over Willow's eyes. Oh, God. I tried, I tried to make it. I lied. Oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, she de-invites Willow from Slane just before Faith shows up for their sleigh date. Aww. Giles and Wesley are surprised when the Illuminati show up at the library. Meanwhile, Buffy and Faith are making their way through the alleyways of Sunnydale when they are also attacked by the Illuminati. They're, for being extinct, there are a lot of these dudes. Mm. They plow their way through them one by one. And I think this is important. I think it's really mm-hmm. important that you see they're expecting someone to jump out at them and to be an Illuminati. And they've kind of gotten this pattern down of, you punch, I stake. You punch, I stake. Mm-hmm. We're getting through the, this alleyway. Yeah. And then someone grabs Buffy, and Faith immediately reacts by staking him. Split like as she's doing it, a split second before you hear Buffy yell, "Wait!" Yeah, which we've seen already in this episode. She's not going to wait. She's going to yeah. go forward. Faith stakes him, and we find out it is Alan, the mayor's aide, a mm. human. This is oh my god! Yeah. They nail this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm so pardon do. them. Yeah, pun, but oh. oh. <laughs> They really stake this Alan. They, <laughs> no, I mean, this is, uh, yeah. it's agonizing. It yeah. is. And it, it, at this point, like, if you would just describe to me, like, then they stake a human and be like, they stake people all the time. Yeah, Buffy has, this is. Hey, the guy with the ice skate might have been supernatural, oh, guys. He was a human. <laughs> she murdered him. But this is interesting also because I like to think that Alan was, I mean, we do learn this later, right? Was Alan going to them to give them information on the mayor? I I, th- oh. I think it's looked kind of ambiguous because yeah. I think it could be that like he's so desperate to get back in the mayor's good graces and so desperate to mm-hmm. be number two again that he's going to go above and beyond yeah. and keep a close eye, personal eye on these slayers mm-hmm. so he can bring something to the mayor. Or maybe he was going to the girls to be like, look, there's a threat you don't even know about. Let me warn you. Yeah. But we'll never know. Or it, it, it could have been like a third option. It's like, hey, let me tell you about this uh, real uh, bad guy called Trick. And then mm-hmm. like... Oh, kind that's of sticking good too. them on, on, on trick. But yeah, yeah, we don't know. And we that's, don't know. It's and that makes sad. it even more interesting because it feels like it's, it's not an obvious character death. And right. where it's like, in so many things, it's like, well, we know this character is going to die. There's a handsome rogue that just came in. Maybe this other handsome rogue is going out. <laughs> but this one, it seems like, oh no, like there's a dynamic between like Alan, the mayor and trick. And that's going to be a thing in this whole season. And like, oh, what is Alan doing here? Oh, he's dead. What the fuck? Yeah. It really comes out of nowhere. And the fact that like the sound drops out, there's no music, and it's just mm-hmm. it's the close up on on Alan's face that is I mean it's it's perfect. And then mm-hmm. when they cut back to Buffy and her reaction to the whole thing is so perfect. It's just it's a really yeah, it's it's a gut-wrenching scene. It's yeah. it's always way more effective than I would even remember it being. Mm-hmm. It is and it, you know, it, this makes me think about how, you know, there's a reason why at the end of every episode, I'd like to say slay of the week and not kill of the week because the mm. idea of referring to what Buffy does as killing makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, that is what she's doing. She's killing mm-hmm. a living thing. It's an evil living thing and they yeah. deserve it and she's saving the world by doing it. But I I just feel like there's a distinction there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and this is this is a moment where the show is is pointing that out. I yeah. mean, they're definitively stating there's there's a big difference yeah. that we feel differently about this than, than we do uh, like all this other senseless violence. So at Balthazar's, Giles and Wesley are taken hostage. I love the juxtaposition of the two of them right next to each other. (laughs) Giles calmly assesses his surroundings, whereas Wesley is just freaking the fuck out. 
And I love it. I know it's a kind of cliche joke, but the joke of like, don't panic. I'm like, oh, yes, I was definitely going to panic. <laughs> Where it's the person panicking, telling people not to panic. Wesley, with only the threat of torture, immediately oh, offers to tell Bal- Balthazar all he wants to know. Uh, luckily, though, he knows Jack Squat. Mm-hmm. So uh, where my note comes in, uh, Wesley is such a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you have very um, astute. Uh, astute notes this week. Good for chopping. <laughs> <laughs> I think he may be your spirit animal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Angel and Buffy show up. Giles headbutts a vamp. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I do think Angel has a pretty cool entrance where it's like, oh. "What's his name? What's his name? His name is Angel." It's yeah. a great shot. It yeah. kind of that makes me want to wa- go like go watch an episode of Angel. Like, I know you, it really made me like, see... like nostalgic for like what Angel the, yeah. the series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a big fight. Buffy electrocutes Balthazar, which semi works. He gives them a vague warning, and then that's it. Literally, <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah. a bubble pops up behind him. <laughs> oh, God. A vampire crawls out of his giant belly button. Save me. <laughs> what are you doing in there, guy? I've been here for 20 years. <laughs> Get out of there. You emaciated vampire. <laughs> Can't live in there. <laughs> That's not for vampires. That's a front butt, dummy. <laughs> Wait, so back butts aren't for vampires. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I know they look similar. I had a conversation with somebody recently about the rules of vampires. That is not what I thought it was at all. <laughs> but I do want to mention, just because that, that made me think of that. I asked somebody who's like not at all familiar with vampires, let alone Buffy. Like, so what do, what do you think like the rules of vampires are? Because it was like very clear, like, she just had no idea, like what the the typical pop culture mythology, or it's certainly not historical mythology for vampires were. And the uh, there's basically four things I was able to get out. They like blood. <laughs> not that they feed them, but they like blood. <laughs> I guess an aesthetic. I guess, um, of course, <laughs> they sparkle in the sunshine. Oh. Then she kind of saw like my my gut reaction of like, Ooh. <laughs> and and then but quickly added, but they don't like it. <laughs> And then they're very pale. Those are the four things of vampires. Four rules. But they don't like it. <laughs> they don't like it. Um, I don't want to be ostentatious, so I try to not sparkle. Yeah. No, I don't like the sun. I I'm don't not like happy about this either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, but that just made me think of like a very typical like um, uh, middle-aged dad if you all of a sudden become a, a centaur. Like, I don't like this either. Let's just go to the camp. We're going to have a lovely weekend. I don't like it. (laughs) You think I want to walk down the street like a goddamn disco ball? This is hell for me. But I like blood. Blood is bomb. Blood is what? Bomb. Bomb, bomb, bomb. It's it's bomb, bomb, bomb. (laughs) Oh, I think we killed Kristen. That's what we know about vampires. <laughs> they don't like to sparkle, but, but blood's pretty bomb. Oh, and when pressed, like, how do you kill a vampire? I don't know, stab him a bunch. <laughs> the logic You're is halfway sound. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually you'll hit the right spot, so... Yeah, I, she's, stab him a bunch. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, the mayor is doing a spell. He tells Trick to let loose the Illuminati vampire, who slices the mayor's head down the middle. Oof. This doesn't kill him. 
Instead, he grossly puts himself back together. It's an awkward special effect. It is. I mean, yeah, it didn't age well, but I like the idea of like him being filled with some kind of weird like green black goo. Yep. The idea is great, and and there's so I mean, pretty much all the special effects in this show. You well, anything especially computer generated. Some of the practical stuff holds up pretty well. Yeah. So the mayor's to do list, the part that I could see. (laughs) Oh my god, this is so good. Reschedule meeting. Call temp agency, I'm assuming to replace Alan. Yeah. Become invincible. <laughs> Meeting with PTA and haircut. Yep. <laughs> so good. Uh, See, I would have scheduled the haircut before become invincible because I don't know if it's like oh, well, no, my hair interview with a vampire. Yeah. yeah. That's a good style. point. Yeah. Mm. But then again, like it's always like when you get your haircut, it's it's a little awkward for like the first couple of days. Mm, yeah. yeah, you want So really right. it should have been like yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, I guess if it's a bad haircut, oof. Yeah. You wanna be stuck with that until spoiler alert, become a big old snake. Later at Fates, Buffy arrives to offer emotional support and formulate a plan, I guess. Faith weighted the body and dumped it, so she's not worried. She chillingly says I don't care that I killed someone. Buffy says, you killed someone. She goes, I don't care. You know what I like about this scene is that, okay, so I think that's probably true to some degree, but there's Mm -hmm. also a part of me that's like, yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she absolutely does. But I mean, like later on in the season, she's got PTSD from it. Mm -hmm. Like she has nightmares about it. This is, I think she absolutely does, but this is, I need to remain this cool Mm -hmm. exterior. Yeah. And Faith will never ask for help. And I think it works so well in the season because, yeah, you can have that stuff later on where it's like PTSD, but especially if you're watching it the first time, it's hard to read like the, the idea of like, oh, she might not mean this. It feels really like, Oh, she really doesn't care. That's like a really chilling way to end yeah. an episode with like yeah. one of your main characters is supposed to be a good guy. It's like, I, I don't care that I murdered somebody. Like, holy Whoa. shit. Imagine if like that happened at the end of like a, an episode of Felicity. Felicity was just like killed a guy. I was like, I don't care. I'm cutting my hair. Credits. <laughs> People are more upset about the haircut. I guarantee yeah. it. <laughs> I think it's really interesting this season. It seems to be, a, they seem to be saying a lot about what an influence your peers and your support system can have in your life. Buffy obviously has her actual mother, a um, father figure, and these friends, this community that supports her so that when she fucks up, when she's part of the murder, she's not the murderer, she eventually will go to these people for help and she'll get support in that way. Um, Faith who doesn't have a watcher, doesn't have a family, doesn't really have friends, these are Buffy's friends, is led astray, and it's so much harder for her to come to these Mm. people and ask for help. And I think it's really interesting just kind of what they're saying about the influence your community of people can have on you. And I think in the, you know, in the season they explored in The Wish, the idea Mm. of what how different Buffy would have been without this support system. She'd mm-hmm. be a totally different person. She'd kind of be Faith. Yeah. Yeah. Like this Faith, is, but having less fun. Yeah. This is another reason season three is my favorite season is because of mm-hmm. Faith. This is another yeah. character I mm-hmm. love a whole lot, so and especially in this season. This is another character who kind of stops feeling like herself as the show yeah. goes on. But here, I mean, this is this is tremendous. I wonder how much of that is... Because she has to change. I mean, like, she can't continue oh, to be yeah, faithful no, as she no, is absolutely. and serve time in prison. Well, it's like, the yeah. whole thing about, well, it's so funny because in one scene of this, she's dressed like Han Solo. But um, <laughs> but it's the Han Solo thing of, like, yeah. by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, 
he can't be yeah. the Han Solo from mm-hmm. A New Hope anymore. Yeah. Like, and, the, and so it. So even though one of the complaints and a very valid criticism of Return of the Jedi is like they neutered Han Solo. It doesn't even feel like he's so yeah. whiny. It's like what the hell's going on? And it's and I do think there was a better way to write that character in that movie mm-hmm. and serve the same purpose. But the idea that. Yeah, he can't. That's the whole point is that he can't be that forever. I'm just saying the reasons I love Faith as a character, mm-hmm. she sort of coasts by on goodwill as the show goes on because I, mm. she stops being as compelling. Sure. And I feel like a lot in and when she comes back in Buffy or Angel, it feels like she has a lot more workman duty of like, well, we need this character for this reason in this episode. And like you. We can't really do anything else. We have to have her serve these plot and narrative and theme functions more than we want to explore things with this character. It's like, this character is in our toolbox. Let's bring her out. And sometimes, and you know, the other problem isn't necessarily that a character has to change. It's that like the problem is your character has changed, but sometimes it feels like the writers need her to regress into who she was before. Mm. And it's like, and then it, it comes in conflict with where she at, where she's at now. And it's almost like they don't realize Mm -hmm. that like, but you can't write her that way anymore. So what's the lesson in bad girls? It's all fun and games until someone gets stabbed in the heart. Truth. Decapitate him instead. No consequences for me. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Just put in your cheat code. (laughs) Uh, a literal life hack. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Not because I want to decapitate people. Like yeah, that's what you it. meant. Yeah. We heard it. Chris it's recorded. Murder. <laughs> um, so would you guys be ready to go international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirit. Ernie Dragon, Das Rhein Fleisch Canoe. Future Rifle International. We. Uh, I think that's going to become a new feature is having we. <laughs> we. <laughs> so for this one, I'm going to do it in reverse order just because I feel like Zeppo has the better alternate titles. Okay. Bad Girls, uh, German title, The New Watcher. Yeah. Okay. That, it's also I, a thing that happens. That's a thing that happens. French, very literal. El Illuminati. Just mm. the name of the villain. Um, so, not Bone. <laughs> not Bone. They're not good guys, Kristen. <laughs> I mean, wait, what is this? You're advocating murder. You're sympathizing with the bad guys. No, it's, it would be Bono. Bono. <laughs> then they bono. a YouTube episode. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, it's all been no. a conspiracy. You play no good. You didn't recognize him? <laughs> that would be amazing, though, if you just found out, like, <laughs> one of the guys in a suit in, like, season three of Buffy is a super famous dude. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, you didn't know, like, that one really tall demon was uh, Scotty Pippen? (laughs) (laughs) Scotty Pippen. It's like how everybody is like, well, there's like all the celebrity cameos in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. People doing voices for the stormtroopers. Like Daniel Craig and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Zeppo, Portuguese title, not really that different, but they felt the need to change the article. It's a Zeppo. (laughs) One of the many. We don't want to confuse people. (laughs) Yeah. French gets very arty. Not... Like, wait, wait. like N O U G H T. Like, oh, they're real not. pretentious. Not. I was like, why did you say it that way? But it's differentiated. It's not N O T. Yeah. Or K N O T. It's a knot. I got a big old knot in my stomach. Some nihilist knot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was like, it's just, it's just the, the title of the episode is just no. Yeah. Um, but then my favorite one, which seems like, did they just watch a trailer for the episode and then guess what it was about? Is the German title, Night of the Living Corpses. 
that is an element of the episode, but it's a weird one. The to weird, fix it's a on. weird detail. That <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. Like nobody says, like, oh, you remember the night of loving corpses? Like, like no, it's the Xander. Xander episode. fetches donuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Cordy, yeah, he, the secretary. Now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. I have two answers this week, and they're both cheats. Oh. <laughs> Neither of one of them are actual slays. Oh. Uh, so what, my first choice are when Buffy and Faith break into the nest mm-hmm. at daylight. We never actually see them stake anything, so I don't think it counts, but goddamn, is it cool. <laughs> Uh, and then my second choice is Giles headbutting a vamp. I don't think he continues to slay him, but God, it's cool. That's the third way to kill a vampire. You can stake him, you can expose him to sunlight, or you can headbutt him with Giles. That, yes. With Giles with, specifically. He has a big forehead. It was, yeah. Just use him like a battering ram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did I sign up for this? So I, I have a joke answer, a real answer, and then a backup answer. Okay. Um, so my joke answer, Faith's innocence. <laughs> Um, slayed this week um but then uh, my real answer and this is not because i think it's like super cool and badass but um it's under the justification it's the most important um slay of the week is uh alan the mayor's aide mm-hmm. um because you, you can't be argued that it's there's a more important kill in sure in this episode either episode or probably in most of this whole season it's a very defining moment, very important, and very well done scene. Mm. Um, but if you want to stick to more like, what's a fun thing that gets killed that's not a sad uh, dude? Um, <laughs> a sad dude. He is sad. Uh, I'm going to go with Jack O'Toole because I think it's really awesome that fat little puppy Shit. Oz eats him. Yeah. And then he gets really full. <laughs> it's a fat oh, puppy. Oh, that's such a... Yeah. <laughs> Oddly full. <laughs> I, okay, my answers are exactly the same as Mike's, which is, that, uh, yeah. Faith's innocence. <laughs> innocence. We're totally on the same page. <laughs> Alan, because it is an amazing and super effective scene. So it's like, mm-hmm. I know it feels weird to be, it's not like, oh, rah, rah, badass, slay of the week, but wow, what a moment. Um, and then for a more traditional answer, yeah, Oz leaping out at the dude. That, That's I, so cool. Oh, man, it's great. But they bust through a wall. And- I that would have been a very that would have been a, a, a strong runner up. But the only they, but it's because it's just like often. you said is that it's yeah. not on screen. Yeah, sure. It's if it sh- had been like they do that and then you see like one of them come up and they just like real quick, quick stake him, I think then you could yeah. yeah. Best entrance of the week. Oh, <laughs> oh new sure. segment. Hey. <laughs> Best front butt. Well, <laughs> got a front runner. <laughs> uh, I don't think he does much running. <laughs> For the first time in his life. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Subscribe. You let it out because okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but thinking of the front runner, I'm just imagining now Balthazar, like his only exercise is doing curls, <laughs> but just a whole bunch got, of them. And it's, it's always got to be this grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I just couldn't get that image out of my head. Forearms for days, bitch. Oh. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> See if you'd worked out more like Balthazar. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Kristen. <laughs> Your hand okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And join us next time when we dust off consequences and doppelgangerland when we get lost in the Sunnydale stack. <laughs>